0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The Richmond Hoop season is in full swing. And while you might not be in the Robin Center this year, you can certainly still be in on the action at Bet Online. Maybe you want to, I don't know, bet on the Cleveland baseball team's uh, new name. Well, guess what? The Spiders are the favorite at Bet Online's prop at plus 250. So maybe we're going to have two Spiders out there now. Either way, From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. What's up guys? Welcome to our post game recap of the Richmond Vanderbilt game here on the Spider Scoop podcast. Um today, we uh me, Nick and Austin broke down the game and then actually were able to get uh Connor Crabtree to come on uh towards the end of the show. So because of that, it's kind of split up. So what we're going to do is in the For the most part, in the first half, it's going to be me, Austin, and and Nick recapping the game. Hang on. Then at the end when that's over, we got about a a 10-minute interview with Connor Crabtree fresh off that game. Um, So if you want to hear Connor, just stay tuned, and it uh, comes in at the end. Thanks. Welcome back episode 27 of the spider scoop podcast as always I'm your host Noah Goldberg with ESPN Richmond joined by my co-host he's a struggling Charlotte Hornets fan really struggling after their showing the other night but more importantly he writes about the spiders for a 10 talk and that's Austin Daisy of course I'm joined by last year's leader in three point percentage from the a 10 Nick Sherrod guys what's going on just got a nice double digit dub in Vanderbilt second year in a row beating them not as close this time as it was last year but Saw some good, saw some bad tonight, a lot to go over. So uh, start with Austin and move on to Nick, just instant reactions, quick takeaways from this one.
1: Um, Yeah. So unfortunately, you know, the whole job thing kind of got me from not watching the first half. So, you know, I was checking the score. I was like, dang, okay, we're, you know, we're blowing them out. And then when I finally got home, settled in, Vanderbilt came out and man, they were, they were swinging. I mean, they were, Scotty Pippen was, was on, he was scoring at will um, at times, but you know, a veteran with, with a veteran team comes that sense of calmness. And it when it got down to, I think, nine, yeah, there could have been a ton of panic after being up by 24 at halftime. But the main thing that sticks out to me is there was never really a sense of panic, even though Vanderbilt got super hot. Even with me, I was just like, no, it, there's no chance they're going to blow this game. That wasn't even a thought in my mind. What i would like to have seen them kept their, throat, their um, foot on the throttle the whole time. Yeah, but, I mean, things happen. It's a SEC school on the road. So, a double-digit win is a double-digit win.
2: Nick, what do you see? I completely agree. I felt like it was a very professional performance from the team. The guys came out uh, very locked in. Uh, They played about as well as they could have in the first half. And I think the biggest thing was just holding them off in the second half. I knew they were going to make a run. I didn't think we were going to cruise to a 30, 40-point win. Um, And Like uh, Austin said, when they got it down to nine, to show the poise and composure to not let the lead, uh, shrinking in closer to that, we felt I felt like we kept them at arms length the whole game. We made key stops, we made key steals, we got key buckets, and that's how you win a game on the road.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I agree with you, Nick. I think you know um, the just the fact that you know you're up 24 at halftime, and and it's in a road game, and you know an SEC team for them to like you guys said not let it drop below nine, I think should a lot of composure, and again goes back to the veteran leadership on this team. But I think. What I like, what I most noticed about that is, I mean, obviously, like we said, it's not letting them let that shrink. But I think it was just interesting to see that Connor Crabtree was in the game when it got cut down to nine. and You didn't see him, Mooney, pull a quick trigger and, and take him out. He seemed to feel really comfortable with Connor in there. And I think why that really shows is because that's a moment, right, where your biggest struggle is not getting buckets. They were really kind of struggling to D up, to guard up, getting beat on the first step, struggling with screens. And I think we knew the thing with Connor was athletic guy, shooter, bouncy, got the tools to be a good defender but that's the thing that we're most waiting to see him improve from what he did at Tulane and he's coming off a hip surgery too so even harder to to move side to side so i think to see mooney be comfortable with him in the game in that spot and also to see tyler not really do anything that that bad on defense i think is huge from him and i think it speaks volumes to just his comfort level where it really does seem like it's just conditioning and Gabe's speed for him at this point. We saw him, you know, Grant threw him a like an over-the-shoulder, beautiful backdoor cut, and I know Connor missed it, but he went up, got in the air, went reverse, took the contact, got bodied out, of, you know, uh, to the ground and out of bounds. He didn't hit the shot, but just making plays like that, like it, it does not at all seem like he's worried about or afraid of the hip. So so I think that was really encouraging uh, um, to see. And And like you guys said, you know, I, I also I'm interested and in, I'd really like to hear from you, Nick, you know, in a game like that, right, where it's like Vanderbilt's getting a lot of momentum, Scotty Pippen Jr. is getting to the rack pretty easily. They're kill, killing you on the glass in that second half. All the momentums with Vanderbilt gets to nine and it doesn't go below nine. Not a lot of fans in the building, right? It's an SEC. I know Vanderbilt's been bad the past four years in conference. It's still an SEC team. If you have fans in that building, it gets loud. It gets momentum. Do you think that could have changed that game? And, you know, maybe Vanderbilt really does shrink that lead down to five, four, three points?
2: Um, yeah. I mean, that's definitely something that coming into this this year uh, as a basketball player, just across the board, you have to think about. Uh, you don't have that home court advantage when guys going when teams go on runs. There's not a crowd to, to pick you up or to make things more difficult for you. So maybe, but I but I would like to think, you know, as a, from a fan's perspective, that a team that has uh, four seniors and a senior backcourt, most importantly, they would be able to uh, calm the storm, and manage it. Uh, I felt that way against Kentucky even though there wasn't a big crowd you could still hear the noise when they made a little bit of a run in the second half um so i mean i just think that you know you like to think that the guys have composure and they're able to keep the lead and stuff like that but i mean you definitely have to think about it because there's definitely going to be some times this year where you're going to notice that when richard's making a run the other team doesn't have the crowd to pick them back up so there's definitely something to keep an eye on for the rest of the year
0: yeah yeah definitely um so so one thing that i want to look at is i want to talk a little bit about the the glass and the rebound tonight tyler burton just four rebounds um, like I said, 11 second chance points and um, in, in 10 offensive rebounds in the second half alone for Vanderbilt. Um, what did you guys see it really looked like that, you know, I, I think part of it was the way that Vanderbilt was able to effectively penetrate, which just got Richmond behind on everything. Then you're rotating and then, you know, Grant ends up being the only guy in the paint for the rebound. That's how you get a second guy in there, get those opportunities. What did you see from them? Because, you know, Richmond, they didn't just keep up on the glass. I mean, they kind of dominated, you know, on the glass in that first half and then it totally reversed. Um, so what did you guys see down there and, and maybe getting position against Tyler a lot there?
1: Uh, yeah, it was um, again, the first half was hard for me. I have to go back and rewatch it, but watching the mm-hmm. second half, um, it just seemed that especially Grant, I mean, Grant had a good game. He just seemed slower in the paint than normal. He wasn't as quick side to side. Um, and again, when Tyler wasn't down there with him, it was a sense of him doing it kind of on his own in a way. Um, and I think that kind of, Grant seemed to have gotten a little flustered so far this year, and I think that might have something to do with it. You know, we see, he gets frustrated. Everybody gets frustrated on the court. But we've seen a little bit more of that passion, which I really do like to see, you know, coming down the court, getting upset about a call. It's If you're coming up and down the court, you know, you're stale after each play no matter what happens. It just doesn't look good from a fan standpoint to where, you know, fans are screaming, yelling, and you're just kind of jogging back up the court. So I think, um, yeah, no, it's, you know, got beat up against West Virginia, another power five school on the road. So, but again, like I said at the beginning, a double digit win is a double digit win, but I would like to see some more on the boards, especially in the second half.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, So, so how do you guys take this, you know, coming off of that West Virginia game, a game where you let the other team shoot the lights out of the ball, you found no rhythm on offense and, You know, there's certainly, I think, were droughts in the second half. There were times where, again, we surprisingly saw two senior guards kind of struggle with that, you know, on ball, like that really pressure when they're just picking them up at half court, struggle with the press a little bit at times. But at the end of the day, I'd say this is still a solid bounce back from them. You saw shots fall. You you, you got all the looks you want throughout the game. You didn't let the lead fall off. Is this a good rebound for them? What improvements do you still want to see them make, you know, come Friday against Loyola Chicago?
2: I thought it was a, a great one. I think it's probably the best performance that you could asked for, especially in the first half. I think that, you know, after the West Virginia game, I think that a lot of times when you get beat like that, uh, when the other team kind of imposes their will onto you, you might get down and the players uh, might start to have some doubt. So for them to come out and build a 24-point 24 lead, 24 lead in the first half was really important because, again, after a game like that, when shots aren't falling and you kind of get exposed a little bit you don't want you don't want to come out and have a lack of confidence or a lack of urgency so I think that was the biggest thing the guy showed urgency from the beginning beginning of the game and I mean just as far as improvements I think that from the West Virginia game you just wanted to see the guys stay calm and I think they showed that in the second half uh when the like, like we talked about when the league got cut down uh, I think when West Virginia threw a punch we didn't respond that well um and today we, we responded a lot better when, okay. when Manuel picked it up and when they uh pressed up more and all that stuff. So I think it's good that the guys just stayed, co- stayed confident. I think that's the most important thing because after a big loss, it's easy to lose confidence, and the guys didn't seem like they let like that West Virginia game effective.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think especially from a guy like Blake where where you talked about, right, not panicking, staying calm, I think that was big from him tonight. And I, and I do think, especially late, you know, he, d- he did take a couple shots from like, all right, it's a little early in the shot clock, but, but for the most part, you didn't see those, you know, 28 seconds on the shot clock, Blake steps back and takes a long two. He scored in bunches today and he was efficient. I want to say he was seven of 12 from the field. Um, and, and obviously three of six from deep is awesome for him, given his struggles lately. What is he like one of 10 from deep um on Sunday, but, but for him, it really felt like it was, it was he got himself going by getting to the basket and really getting to his left hand, both on ball and on cuts. There were times where he's cutting the lane and and getting dishes from him. So I think for him, I want to see that more from him and i'm a little bit more okay seeing 12 to 15 shots a game from him when a lot more of those are coming downhill and at the basket because that a guy that is a guy that's not only a tough finisher but he's so good at just seeing the angles and getting the body contact um, especially against a less experienced group in vanderbilt um so i think to see him get to the get to the free throw line a little bit more today um, was good from him um, how do you guys kind of see him you know kickstart himself and you know how crucial is it for them to have him playing at full speed, especially as we move into the stretch where they really need to solidify their
1: rankings over these next few weeks. I think it's huge. And you know, we've been kind of waiting, waiting on this game. It's something we expect from, you know, a shooter on the team. And the old saying shooter shoot, that pays dividends today. And I don't often get upset when I see Blake throw up a three and it doesn't go in. Cause you know that's that's his game. That's that's what I want to see from him. But like you said on the drive, uh, I think, yeah, it was you that tweeted during the game w- when he drives the lane, like you said, he's either, it's either going in or he's getting to the line. So mm-hmm. I love how aggressive he's been and he's not letting the recent shooting stump, you know, drag him down and make him more passive to kind of want to dish it instead of shoot it.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you guys feel like he takes more shots in his bad games? Like I, like, I know that sounds obvious, but just 21 points tonight, only took 12 shots. We had like 15 shots last game. Like, like he, like, I don't know how, like Nick. I don't know how you communicate to him, but but it almost seems like his his best games are super super like he's not. I know he's a volume guy. We think of him as, as a volume guy, but it feels like his good games are actually really really efficient, and then his bad games are horrendously not inefficient.
2: Um. Yeah, I think there there probably is some truth to that. I think that at the same time, I wouldn't. Uh, I, I think that the biggest thing for Blake is just making sure that he's staying within himself, even when he's taking a lot of shots. I think that it's important that he's just staying within himself. So like also said, I'm not, re- I don't really get upset. And even when I was playing with him, I didn't really get upset and he would take some tougher shots because he's the guy on the team that, that takes them, you know, every team, especially the way that we play, we don't really have guys that are willing to kind of go out there and play one-on-one and take those shots. So that's the thing that he added probably more than anything is a guy that is willing to go out there maybe take a tougher shot than the shot clock whereas somebody like Gill and those guys are really worried about efficiency and stuff um, but at the same time obviously you want all your players to be efficient and I think Blake's no different so I just think that he's no different than any other player his good games are probably going to look super efficient and his not so good games are probably going to n- not look that well you just want him to stay within himself and make sure that wh- he's staying within the offense while being aggressive.
0: Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to start laughing during yours. But I just got a uh, an update that Gordon, (laughs) Gordon Hayward, avulsion fracture on his fifth finger in his right hand. So there you go, Austin. Come on, man, you had I didn't see that yet. (laughs) Can you can you repeat his contract for us real quick? No,
1: (laughs) I'm just here so I don't get (laughs) fined.
0: Oh man, I'm sorry. All right, um, so a couple last things. Then we'll get to the voicemails and call it a day. Um. Six steals from Jacob Gilliard tonight, you know, again, not a huge scoring night, but this guy does not give a flying fuck that this season is shortened. He's coming for that NCAA steals record. Um, he's averaging over, I think he had was averaging 4.2 steals a game coming into this one. So that's obviously went up a little bit. I mean, we think he's got a chance. You guys think he can, can he sustain this the rest of the year?
1: I don't see why not. I mean, we've seen – I mean, it's just unbelievable. I thought he was good last year. This year it's just a whole nother level. I swear he's playing like he's pissed off that the season got stolen from him last year. Mm-hmm. Now he's going to steal this one. I mean, it's just – it's unbelievable watching him play. I can't imagine being an opposing coach trying to game plan for him. It's like how how far is he now? How many more does he need for it? Do you know? Um,
3: also, like, I do –
1: I can look up what the totals are, give me a
0: second. Yeah, I don't know, but I mean, he's what did I think he needed? What's like the most he had? I want to say like 99 or something in a season and he needs like
4: yeah. around
0: 107-ish this year to break the record. Um, let's see here. I don't know if it's updated for today's game or not. Okay, 5 games played. So, not including today's game, Jacob has 21 steals this year so he's at 27 steals through six games so if they play you know if they play i guess what is that nine or eight let's say eight non-conference games he's getting do a little math here not a numbers guy four and a half steals a game right now so four and a half you get eight out of conference games 18 in conference games so he would have 117 steals before even getting to the postseason at this rate. So in a shortened season, he is actually on pace to easily break the NCAA all-time steals record. That bro- is phenomenal. Yeah. Nick, how, how frustrating is it to practice against that guy when you're just trying to like get a new play down?
2: It's not frustrating at all. I torture him every time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So last thing we'll, we'll move on to voicemails here. Um, so we've got, Two voicemails from one person. We'll start with the first one, and then he follows up with a second question. So let's...
3: Hey, what's going on, guys? Big fan of the Spiders and the podcast. I just want to talk about some things. I've been watching the Spiders for four years, and obviously, you know, going into last year, the Spiders really emphasized the defense, made some changes from the zone, the kind of matchup zone to the man. Um, but I was thinking about this year, especially after the West Virginia game. What is more likely, you know, and I don't know Mooney's entire history, but... What is more likely to see the Spiders maybe in certain matchups, you know, in a big tournament game, you know, um, switch up from the the man to the zone throughout a game or just switch it up for the entire game or some new wrinkles into the prince Princeton offense. Um, Because that's the other thing. I feel like the offense, as good as it is, it's a great flow. There are times when things get bottled down. You may just want to run specific actions for certain players. Um, but I don't see that too much, you know? Um, so again, that's, that's, that's my question. What do you think is more likely Mooney switching to the back to the zone for a game?
0: All right. So I think you get the idea there. Um, Nick, why don't we start with you since you probably know Chris best. Um, what what do you think is the, is the likelihood that, that we could see them in, in certain matchups switch to the zone? I, I, for one, feel like you stick with what works, right? Like I know you guys have had times this year where the defense has been inconsistent, but is there anything you saw in your tape of you guys playing zone the two years before that makes you think this might be better than the man? I I, I don't, I, I feel like you just run with a man, especially with how athletic this team
2: is. Yeah, no, I doubt that we go back to man. I know that when I was in practice, we never even worked on the matchup. So I think that, I think that we're a strictly a man team. Maybe we could throw in some two, three or one, three, one, potentially depending on the matchup. I mean on the matchup, but I doubt that we go back to the matchup zone for any, um, any, Long, long stretches of time, or or because of a matchup, because again, one, it takes a pretty long time to learn, and we haven't been practicing it. Like uh, Jacob and Grant and those guys, they probably still remember a little bit of it, but like Tyler and all those guys, they would they wouldn't have any idea if we just went out and did it. And again, the man has been working. Uh, we got off to a pretty slow start defensively last year, but picked it up. So I think that it's just about getting reps and about playing defense, uh, playing hard and rebounding. And I think that the man is fine. I, I highly doubt we go to any zone unless it's a two-three, depending on it on a out of a timeout or something like
0: that yeah yeah i don't i don't see it and I, that's a good point to touch on right like what is it you guys had gave up 90 points in your in the two straight games to open up the season last year and, and we all saw how the man ended up working out down the road and and you know like i think you would kind of talked about from uh, what was it sunday's game that it almost kind of looked like or maybe jacob was saying after the game you know tyler obviously has the tools but but a guy like that sometimes i think he said let's you guys do the communicating for him And you see that a little bit on defense where I think in a lot of the games we've seen them struggle defensively. It's often, you know, maybe Tyler kind of gets lost off ball shit like that. That's a guy that if you try to, like you said, if you try to switch back to a zone mid season right now, when you already had a limited off season, I mean, that's going to be absolute um, chaos there. So, okay. So that's good for that. Um, We okay. We'll go to the second voicemail here. Uh, Let me share. This is also from the same caller.
3: And my second thing for you guys is obviously you know Jacob's having a crazy uh, season statistically assists, uh, steals, and we know the the scoring is coming. Uh, but with the with Nick being hurt, uh, I was really looking at Jake and Blake, and, <laughs> Blake and Jacob, uh, Blake and Jacob to really just take over you know that scoring load offensively. Uh, I would say they both uh, we we're hoping to see a little more from them in the scoring department. but Blake really picked it up today against against Vanderbilt, but what do you guys see, you know, the potential being when those two guys get it going? Obviously, Jacob has a history of being a much more uh, effective score than he's shown. I mean, I have no doubt that's going to bounce back, um, but do you think that that is the answer for most of the Spiders um, you know, roles offensively at times this year? Uh, do you think it's, it's something else, or do you think it's really going to be fixed when both those guys are clicking at the same time? Like we saw last year, I mean, they were really one of the best backcourts, you know, last year. I uh, think that's carry over into this season so i uh, just want to hear you guys thoughts
0: yeah so i think that's one that we've in austin i'll let you start with us that we've talked about right i've been really big on wanting to see jacob score a little bit more with some of the inconsistencies i think we've seen from the guys so far uh what, what are your thoughts on that
1: yeah definitely um again we've talked about you know gilliard having a gilliard game and he did that today he didn't light up um the box score in the points category but everything else was there but um you know we saw last year where we didn't need both Blake and Jacob to have an on night at the same time. It always seemed that, all right, if Blake was off, Goyer was on and vice versa. So if, you know, if that can become a thing, we look at how good this team was last year, obviously they're missing Nick. Um, But still you look at this team, you know, transferring pretty much everybody over. If you could get both of them clicking on the same night, I mean, I don't know how they lose a game. If you know we've seen it, we saw how Gilead stepped up when Francis went down last year. Um, so again, it's more of like a piggyback effort. That's kind of how I see it. But no, you have to think at some point, obviously, Gilliard is going to, you know, he'll he'll get some buckets when we need him. But I think at this point, his mindset is just completely defensive at this point. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And I, and I think that, and and like we said, right, every time I say this, it's not a need, it's a, it's an added bonus because when you have literally five starters that could all in one way or another go for almost a double, double or, or drop 15 points on, on any given night, you know, you don't need Jacob to be that guy, but like, I think you made a good point Austin that the way we saw Jacob step up as a scorer when Blake got hurt last, last year. And I think that then carried over when he came back, I think we saw Gilly, you know, I'm sure the numbers dipped a little bit, but it felt like he was just more aggressive getting downhill more, even when Blake was back, which again, just makes things so much easier when when one streaky guy like that does get cold. But, but Nick, from your perspective, when you've played with these guys, you know, that's always the thing, right. Is, is anytime you guys don't have the best game, it's always, you know, whether it's only three of the five guys clicked or only two guys were clicking tonight. What is the sense in the locker room when, when it feels like not everyone's getting hot at the same time? What do you think, they need to do to have everyone hot on the same night
2: um I think that it's just I think again it's just what the game dictates and I think that's what makes Jacob such a great point guard is that uh like last year he knew he didn't have to light up the scoreboard like he did a sophomore year uh, he knew that Blake was there to do that and I think another thing that we're not really taking account for is that didn't the step up that Nate has taken mm. um, as a score I think that um, if you have multiple guys that can score efficiently, it helps. And I think that, you know, Nate is f- filling a role that a lot of guys didn't think that he could fill in from the outside looking in. Um, he has a chance to be the leading or second leading scorer on the team this year. So I think that it, obviously you want Jacob to score and he can score, obviously, as he's shown throughout his career. But I think that when you have a guy like Nate who can go two games and not miss a shot, Blake's somebody can get hot quick. Grant's going to be a top six, seven all-time scorer in the history of Richmond. I don't think he feels the need to go out and score 27. If he has it, then he has it. But if he doesn't, he can be the best player on the court with eight points, six assists and six steals. So I think really for Jacob, it's about just doing what he's doing. He's a great point guard. And I think people want to see him score because we know he has that capability. But as a point guard, maybe Blake is better suited to be the main score. Maybe Nate is better suited to be the second score. I think guys are adjusting. And then Tyler can give you 12 points a game. Grant's going to do what he's going to do. So Jacob doesn't need to be the first or second leading scorer. So obviously yeah. we all have the to score at the same time, but I think that for Jacob and what he does is he just plays, he just he goes along with how the game, how the game comes to him. He sees how the other guys are doing, and whatever we need, he does.
0: Yeah, and you know you're right. We sh- we didn't talk about Nate much, and uh, we can't sign off without it because he he had one of the best games out there tonight. Nate, thirteen points. Perfect six of six from the field, 101 of one from the free throw line, um, and noticeably he had a team high plus eighteen uh, a margin when when he was on the floor. Next highest was plus eleven with Connor on the floor, and also plus eleven with with Blake. So that's seven points better than anyone else's margin. So he was obviously out there affecting the game, doing stuff off ball. Um, you know, it, it it felt like tonight, right? There were there were moments where Nate, you know, every time he got the ball, I mean, six of six. Like he went up, he was getting buckets. Do you think that, you know, when you've talked about they have so many options, it's not really about trying to work it to one guy forcing it, it is about letting it come to them. But do you think that there is maybe something to be said when Nate is off to such a hot start this year and when it just really seems like, I mean, you know, even when he doesn't have the look in the post, he finds the guy. He doesn't panic and turn it over, something we may see with Sal. He's getting a bucket, he's getting a foul, or he's at least finding the open man. Do you think there is maybe something to be said that the Spiders do need to work it to him a little bit more when they're struggling offensively. Because, again, just six shots tonight.
1: I mean, when you look at how he's played so far this year, absolutely. If there seems to be a lid on the rim elsewhere, we've seen he can pull up now. He's mm. been pulling up, and, you know, with relative ease. We look at his shooting percentage. I mean, it's sky high. So ride the hot hand, um, but don't don't shame. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And, you know, five and one. West Virginia game, you know, we can kind of chalk that up. as just being, you know, outshot and outmatched. I
0: mean, but that's a top five team in the country. Let's be honest, right.
1: <clears throat> so, but I mean, looking at Nate no, absolutely. If all else fails, we know we can fall back on him. And what a difference a year makes. I'm so much more confident now watching him shoot mm. than I was last year.
0: I'm much more confident watching him shoot now than I was five games ago. I mean, <laughs> I watched him that first game and I saw him hit that three from the corner and he hasn't been doing it since, but I was like, can this guy really pull up or is this just like a fluke? And I mean, every single game it's like three, four feet behind that left foot elbow. He loves that catch it at the three dribble in bam. I mean, he's been automatic from there every time. Um, So any last thoughts guys, before we wrap this up? Nope. All right. So that's another win in the books for the spiders. They improved to five and one on the season. One more as of now. One more non-conference game coming up this Friday, Indianapolis neutral site game with Loyola Chicago um, after Saturday's game against Duquesne was postponed positive tests within that program. Chris Mooney did leave the possibility today in the post-game press conference that they could add a ninth non-conference game this Sunday. Doesn't sound super likely, but not impossible, so we'll see. Um, so, So that's it from us, guys, episode 27 spiders uh grab another dub nick austin thanks for uh hopping on and we'll be back this weekend what's good what's, going on? what's up how you doing man
5: good man good Glad we got a dub
0: yeah no doubt um we'll, well i guess we'll jump right into it um we won't keep you that long i know y'all gotta gotta run but yeah how'd it feel man i know i know it was your second game back but 11 minutes tonight a little bit more meaningful playing time a little bit normal how'd it feel to be out there
5: Oh man, it's it's hard. It's super good, super good, super super thankful just to be back, just to put my jersey back on again after all I went through. So it definitely felt good to get out back out there and get a dub tonight. Mm.
0: Um. So I, I, how do you feel just right now? And you know, there's kind of been talk, you know, of of getting you back. You know, is it more lingering pain? Is it conditioning, game speed? And and tonight, I mean, you took some contact tonight. You're playing some defense it just really looked like for you is getting up to speed and and getting back out there. For you right now, is it really just kind of conditioning and and feeling the floor out again?
5: Yeah. Yeah. That's all it is. Uh, I I still have uh, only practiced, like I only practiced live two times before West Virginia. So um, just mostly it's just like stamina, just getting my feel back. Um, But in terms of like pain, I feel pretty good right now. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, how, so tonight too, I mean, you were in there for meaningful minutes, right? The, the leads getting shipped away at and you guys were up 24th, a half. And then all of a sudden they push it to a nine point lead and, and Moody's leaving you in there with, you know, for a good few minutes when that lead got, got cut down to nine. Um, you know, how does it feel just to so early, you know, you're not just in there, you're playing, you know, really important minutes.
5: Oh uh, yeah, it feels good. feels good. I've been, uh, obviously putting a tough spot with, um, coming back in such a weird part of the season after we played a couple of times and I'd never practiced at Richmond in my life. So I've been trying to just gain my respect from the coaches and my players and just so, show them what I can do. Cause I know what I can do. Obviously I'm a little rusty right now, but as expected, I think I'm picking things up pretty quickly. So.
0: What, what adjustments did you see from, from Vanderbilt tonight? Obviously they come out a lot more aggressive out of the half and, and also defensively, you know, we've, they, they for the second game in a row, you know, they came out and kind of pressed the ball on you guys. And, and in those first 10, 13 minutes of the second half kind of gave your guards a little bit of trouble.
5: Yeah, um, definitely. They had way more energy in the second half and the first half. They did not come out with a lot of energy at all. Um, and in the second half, especially, they really got in transition a lot, pushed the ball down the floor and we weren't getting back fast enough. But um, the pressure was. I mean, it was kind of like a fake pressure. Like if we hit them with, we hit them with a couple of passes, we got wide open looks. Um, so when we settled down a little bit, the pressure was was nothing. But I think uh, defensively, we're struggling a little bit in the second half. But most of that was just getting back and getting back in transition.
0: Yeah. What did you uh, what do you see from your guy Blake tonight? He's been, you know, really struggling from the floor lately and, and tonight gets some rhythm back, 21 points, and obviously hits three threes, which I think was big for him. But but especially he really got downhill too, which I think got things going for him.
5: Yep. Yep. Uh, no surprise for me. Um he struggled past like couple games, but that I mean, that happens. Um we we know what he can do and we expect that of him. And um I definitely expect that from him in in games that count as well.
0: So looking forward, you have a quick turnaround game on Friday, um, possibly game on Sunday sounding less likely, um, but, but either way, good bounce back, quick turnaround. Can you just talk about, you know, like you said, right. What a weird season and time to, to come back from injury right now. Just what's it like, you know, having to prepare for games that you don't know when they're going to be quick turnarounds, different opponents than you expected. And just trying to trying to keep your head on straight.
5: Yeah, it's, it's definitely hard, but um. I mean, I think we're just – we'll just do whatever we want. We want to play so badly, we just don't care. Whenever we – you know, there's a game, we'll play. I want you guys to stay focused and uh, level-headed. We know this year is going to be different for sure. But um, it is what it is. And I think the experience on our team is helpful in terms of that because, you know, we're not getting too high or too low. I think we're just staying kind of in the middle and taking what's given to us.
0: So Nick, we've we've got a couple shooters in the room, or I guess three shooters if we really want to look at it like that right now. Uh, If we put you two head to head right now, who you uh, who you got in a three point contest?
2: I mean, I can't shoot anything right now, so probably.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a cop out. Come on.
2: Oh yeah, I got me in a dunk contest, and I got Crabby shooting. How about that?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and I got me in a one on one, right? Okay. Um, Connor, I'm not going to hold you too long. I know you got to get, uh, get ready to go to Indy for this Friday. So, appreciate you, man. Best of luck uh, as you continue to work back and uh, nothing but the best for the season.
5: Appreciate it. Thank you. See Always. you, Nick. Yeah. Love you, boy. You, man. See you, back. Yes,
4: I I saw a I go here for the law. Yeah. Whip when I whip on the stove. Whoa. Whip then I let that go. Yeah. Man, I'm used to them poles. Round here, anything goes. Yeah. Down ten of them toes. No slink, and my nigga in molds. Yeah, yeah, packs to the soul. Yeah, uh, get it for the law. Yeah, whip then I whip on the stove. Yeah, whip then I let that go. Yeah, man, I'm used to them poles. Round here, anything goes. Yeah, done ten of them toes. Down look at my niggas in balls. Ready for the bro. Good. A joke or, but i a going crazy bitch Crazy what I like though 3D print truck 3D bench truck When I really wanna rap rap I'ma really run them up To the whole rap team To the whole rap team And put the whole rap game on I ropes And really make my i Have a little really Big Stunt All I need a black girl big butt. I can give a fuck or two fucks What what Pass that sword and I go out for the law. Yeah. Whip when I whip on the stove. Whoa. Whip then I let that go. Yeah. Man, I'm used to them poles. Round here, anything goes. do down ten of them toes. No linked and my nigga and molds. Yeah, yeah, packs to the soul. Yeah, uh, get it for the law. Yeah, whip then I whip on the stove. Yeah, whip then I let that go. And my niggas and mold. I'm too big for the rap shit, really Had no tape and a pop too silly Put one tape by the world star Geek It's still in the hood, round round with the demons Me and Big Brave. we was out in palace I was 19 and I lost my balance I was still asking like, who these niggas? Rap can't easy, still no challenge View your letters, nigga blue real crazy Street locked off, nigga beat that payment Few of them boys would to beat them cases I was like, ha ha, then I had a baby Then I got bigger and the bag got long Like long, like b-ball players on a small plate. I was like, let's go We was in peace, more for I